Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Views from the 573 Podcast. We are here, everybody. It's finally draft week. With the draft Thursday night, first round, second round, and third round on Friday. All the rounds on Saturday, 4 through 7. It's finally here. And uh, our final mock draft during these last few months is right now. And it's going to be a fun one because... I'm not the only one here doing this mock draft. I am joined by Matt Mormon. Matt, we finally reached this point of the year. It's draft season. I'm excited about it. Yeah, the, the you know the draft. It's always very fun. Like it's full of so much hope. You know, I was listening to the uh, I streamed the 101 ESPN radio station out of St. Louis a lot out here, uh, especially the morning show. I just really enjoy those guys, and they're talking about how you know. In St. Louis, like, they kind of missed the NFL draft. Especially because that was, like, the time when the St. Louis Rams were, like, at their peak relevance was April every year. And, like, <laughs> there was so much hope, you know? You take Jason Smith to overall. Oh. You know? You take Ty Hill. And you're like, we got this lockdown corner, you know? It's like, there's so much hope that, like, I mean, you're, nobody really knows what's going to happen, you know? Uh we all claim to be draft experts and that we know everything going into this time of year, but yeah, you know, we really don't <laughs> every year. You can look at many picks that you never thought would succeed that do even more picks that you never thought would fail that do, you know, it, it, it but it's so much fun and everybody is so hopeful and you know, you're going to hear the analysts. There's, it's always going to be the bright, shiny rainbow version, right? Yeah. Oh, man, you know, when you take Sam Darnold number three overall, you've got your quarterback. You've got your guy, <laughs> you know. Well, that's not quite how it works out, you know. Yeah. Um, right? Quick trip down memory lane. Um, Just, you know, in a few words, what are some of your favorite NFL draft memories? Uh, well, let's see. I'm trying to think. Well, the one that comes right off the top of my head is when – you and I did the live stream mo- uh, live stream draft. That was fun. Uh, a couple years ago, and uh, we were a little bit delayed on the live stream, and we found out Jordan Love was going to be the pick to Green Bay. And uh, yeah. I just remember I had a reaction to it a little bit before you did. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so uh, that was one. I'm trying to think what the uh, what any others were. I. I guess well, just that's kind of my uh my NFL draft life a little bit these days because I stream it through a Roku. So like <laughs> natural progression of how the NFL draft works is first the pick gets announced on Twitter, then about five minutes later it gets announced on TV. <laughs> well then because of streaming, I'm chronically a minute and a half, two minutes behind. Like that's why we heard the fireworks before we saw the Chiefs win. And uh, the AFC Divisional round is the Bills. We can hear the fireworks first. Uh, and so, like, that's kind of the way that, like, my life goes during the NFL draft. You got a little glimpse of it there where it's like, oh, okay, this pick just happened. And uh, so that, yeah, there's been several years. I, I, I got to go to places and watch a couple of them. Um, and that's probably, I would say, my two favorite uh, NFL drafts were the years of Infinity War and Endgame. Right. 
uh, because those Avengers movies, they were coming out on the same night as the first round of the draft. <laughs> so both years, uh, well, no, one year I watched from home and then we left to go to the Infinity War. But then the second year, I just remember it was a blast. Like Rebecca had something with her sorority. And so we got like a 10 o'clock showing for Endgame. Yeah. And Buffalo Wild Wings in Cape Girardeau is literally in the parking lot of the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> So at like six thirty, I just go to the bar. I get like one of those appetizer samplers. You just get like eight of everything. <laughs> and uh, one of my friends I was in sports management with me, he was a waiter there. And so I mean, he he his tables they suffered that night because <laughs> basically every pick he's just over there with me, and we're breaking down this draft as it goes. And then I get to go watch the Avengers. It was great. It was great. Actually, um. The 2018, when the Ravens picked Lamar, I remember, because the Ravens traded up earlier in that draft. Right. Uh, and they took Hayden Hurst. Or no, they didn't trade up. It was their pick. And they took Hayden Hurst. And that was, like, one of the final picks I got to see before going into the theater. And I'm like, okay, cool. We took a 30-year-old tight end. It's not ideal, but it's <laughs> fine. Like, Flacco loves throwing tight ends. Yeah, And, you know, Avengers Infinity War and how emotionally wrecked you are coming out of that movie, I then find out that, oh, the Ravens traded at number 32 and <laughs> took Lamar Jackson. And, like, I was just, I was blown. I was done. I just didn't even know how to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that, be that would be a good moment. You come out of Infinity War and, of course, you had the stuff happen in that film and, Come out, I was like, oh, hey, we trashed Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it, that is that is a moment I will never forget. It is me and Rebecca walking out of the movie theater. I open up my phone, and, and like, I'm getting, like, all the alerts. I'm just kind of going through it. I'm like, wait a second. The Ra- What? <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens traded back in and took Lamar Jackson for 32 overall. Hey, it, it's worked out well. I'm happy with the pick. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say it has. I mean, you got an MVP out of it, really good team there going on. I mean, I'd say it's worked it, out. It, it makes the Hayden Hurst pick a little bit, you know, not sting too much. <laughs> yeah. Oof, uh, yeah. And, and, hey, they traded him for a second-round pick, so it's not like they ended up with nothing there. Yeah, you got a little draft I believe that back. Was, well, I believe that was the pick that ended up becoming J.K. Dobbins. I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, uh, all is well that ends well. Yeah. Uh, but that is in the past, Ryan. We're talking about the future and the far future. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, that's what the NFL draft is all about, is the future. Yeah. And uh, we got some, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff around this draft and uh, before we get into our mock draft. But let's talk about the, some of the storylines, some of the things to talk about with this draft. Um, I know you and I talked pre-show about a lot of the talk around the draft, and like, it isn't one of the. It's not a draft class that has a face or two up top that you look at as like, yes, that guy's definitely going number one. It seems like a lot of the top guys, they're at the top for a reason, but they have they had their flaws to them. Yeah, it's very 2013, uh, which I remember creating a spoof of the Toby Keith song, Should Have Been a Cowboy. It was Should Have Been a Lineman. Because <laughs> uh, in 2013, it went tackle, tackle, defensive end, tackle, end, 
outside linebacker, kind of before they really started just designating people as edge. Yeah. Uh, Barcavius Mingo, he was more of an edge guy. Then guard at seven. Uh, wide receiver eight, corner guard. That was your top ten oh, in 2013. And I don't think this is going to be too different. I, I think there's a chance we see one or two wide receivers. I think there's a chance Willis sneaks into the back side of that top ten. Uh, definitely not in the top five, though. Yeah, I mean, I think top five, you might see a corner sneak his way in there. You might even see a safety. But other than that, yeah, you're looking at edge rushers. You're looking at tackles for the first, I think, personally, I think first six picks. Um, it might be first five, though. And then, you know, Carolina may go quarterback there. But uh, that's, yeah, it's one of those things, too, where there is no number one guy. You know, you even look at 2014 where it was a pass rusher going number one. Everyone knew Clowney. That's yeah. your guy. You look at 2017. It was no question about it. Miles Garrett. That's your guy. We're we're sitting here less than a week from the NFL draft, and I don't know. I I think there's three different players that are kind of in the conversation. I think it's Hutchinson, Walker, and Neal. Um, two edges and a tackle. I think that's kind of what I've narrowed it down to. But hey, Iquano. He could blindside me, no pun intended, you know, Yeah, and uh, take that spot yet. Yeah, I was just looking at a mock today that had a Quanu going number one overall, so I, I wouldn't be out of the picture if uh, if you see some somebody like that going number one, but yeah, well, I and mean, it really, Jacksonville, it's so unfortunate, because I think if you're Jacksonville, you look at what the Titans ran into the year after taking Mariota. Where, you know, then after Tennessee, you guys have the second overall that you guys had. Um, but you're able to trade that and get a ton of draft capital. Yeah. Jacksonville, you know they wanted to trade this pick. They wanted someone to fall in love with Malik Willis. They wanted there to be this year's number one quarterback, which isn't. Yeah. They they wanted, they wanted to get somebody to leapfrog Detroit. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate for them because you could have gotten – an opportunity to get a lot of picks, pick up some draft capital, pick up some draft capital for next year, and then play around. And like, if there's a guy you really like, hey, you can go up and trade him, trade and go get him. If that if a player starts to fall that you like, so yeah, I would say if I would say if it was maybe next year's draft where the quarterback class is looking a little bit more favorable, then maybe. If that was the case in this class, you might have had some team that wants to trade up, but it's just not the case. None of these quarterbacks made the push to get that consideration to be a top three, top two pick. Although, a week Willis made himself one good case with the process. Yeah, and Willis is the guy, to me, he's by far the number one quarterback off this board. Um... I do have Pickett going in the first. I personally don't think Pickett's worth a first. Like, the only reason I think Pickett goes in the first is because he has a quarterback position Mm -hmm. uh, next to his name. But I just, I don't think, like, in Desmond Ritter, I'm not there on Ritter either. I'm not there on uh, 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 Golden Corral. You know, (laughs) like, the rest of those guys, I'm just not, I'm nowhere near the first half of the first round for those other guys. 
Yeah. And even Willis, there are days where I look at his stuff and I go, ooh, I think if you work on some stuff, you could be Josh Allen. Like, that's everybody's comparison is Josh Allen, right? Yeah. And there's other days where, honestly, I look at him sometimes and I see Cam Newton. Because Cam had a little bit of that, too. And Cam really never did figure out the accuracy. Like, even at his absolute best, there were some major misfire throws from Cam Newton. But, you know, his physical abilities, he'd make up for and make plays. And there's other days, though, where I look at him and I go, I think Taysom Hill is a better quarterback than you. And that's bad. If I see Taysom Hill and you're talking about going top five, top ten, it's not good. That's not good at all. Yeah. the One, one of the things I've seen some, some executives and scouts consistently bring up is saying if Davis Mills, if he was in this draft, he would be the clear number one guy. Oof. And uh, that... Now, when of... they say that, when they say that, are they factoring in what he did in Houston this year? I believe so. And I think factoring in, okay. like, he had a couple bright spots. And uh, th- there's a couple games he looked pretty good. So... no. In saying that, let's say you are the Carolina Panthers sitting at number six overall. Do you think that that would mean that, like, I mean, obviously it would be an embarrassing move to make, right? But, like, does that mean that executive that said this would actually trade the sixth overall pick for Davis Mills? Because, <laughs> like, that's the Carolina decision. Because Carolina, by the way, they don't have a second or a third. Mm-mm. Round pick, nope. um, which I think makes them a very real trade down candidate. Yeah, um, especially because I mean, yeah, there is Atlanta and Seattle right behind them, so you may see Willis go in that range. But uh, I, you know, if you're not in love with this year's quarterbacks, yeah, trade on down if you're Carolina. Get the heck out of there, you know. But uh, yeah, that's it's not great to hear that. A third-round pick, who did have his moments, is worth more than the top quarterback of this year's draft. That's not what you want to hear if you're a franchise that really needs... You know, if you're if you're a Seahawks fan that just rode 10 years of Russell Wilson, you don't like hearing Davis Mills is better than the guy your team <laughs> might be about to pick. <laughs> yeah. So, you brought up some questions in... In our group yes. chat, that uh, well, and and the first question was kind of about those quarterbacks. Yeah, um, Ryan, where do you think just kind of you know not necessarily the team or even with the teams, uh, but just kind of loose ranges. Where do you see each of these top four? I think there's four, right? It's Willis, Pickett, Corral, and Ritter. Mm-hmm. I'm not messing together, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Hal is in that conversation either. No, I don't think so. Either. I've seen a couple mocks where they pluck him at 32. Yeah. But I don't see that at all. But what, okay, let's even throw him in. Where, what range do you for, sort of see each of these guys? Let's start out with Willis. What what range are you thinking from, from Malik Willis? I definitely think somewhere in this top 10, although there have been whispers of Detroit maybe going and picking him at 2. But I think, you know, you just go and get an edge rusher. And I think it's probably six is where you really start to think about Malik Willis with Carolina. And, of course, you got Atlanta at eight, Seattle at nine. 
So I think somewhere in that six to nine range is when you, when I think Malik Willis will probably be taken. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think they're, you know, if he squeaks through, I think 11 is the, the stopper. Um, I think Washington, because Car- Carson Wentz, it's basically a one-year deal at this point. They can cut him next year for zero dead cap. Um, so I I think if he does get to 11, I think Washington would be the final spot. But I agree. That, that, that six through nine spots... You know, maybe when you see the trade up, I know New Orleans. There's some chatter there. Yeah, New Orleans would move up for get him. You know, I mean Pittsburgh. I don't think he's out of the question on moving up to go get him. Right. Uh, that's probably the only two trade up teams for him. I don't think Philly uh, would. I don't think you know. Maybe you. You know. No, then never mind. Never mind. If if Davis Mills is better, I was gonna say maybe see a trade down. (laughs) <laughs> you know, swap between the uh, Houston and Giants. You know, if the Giants have a guy they prefer to take at three as opposed to wait till five. Uh, but, I mean, Davis Mills is better than Malik Willis anyway, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pickett, let's see. What range do you think for, for Pickett? Where do you think he should go, and where do you think he will go? I do wonder if those two are going to go in the top ten, because, you know... It, the whole supply versus demand thing is, you know, like teams need quarterbacks and even those these two guys in the other year probably wouldn't be the top two guys on the board. I mean, taking the top ten, you know, the supply and demand. You got a couple teams that need a quarterback. Seattle, who's moved off for of Russ. Carolina, who doesn't know what their plan is after Darnold. For Pickett, I think... I think you'd take a look at one of those Saints picks if they don't move down. Or I think Pittsburgh. I think those two teams we just mentioned. I think somewhere in that 16 to 20 range. Yep. Yep. And by the way, if they don't do it, I think he falls out of the first. Unless there's unless the team trades in, you know, to get that fifth-year option. You know, we've seen that happen a couple times now where teams love to trade for that number 32 pick and get that fifth-year option. And, hey, Detroit might even do it at 32 to yeah. get that fifth-year option. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I think if he if he gets past 20, then I think it's you go ahead and take a nap there, Kenny Pickett, because I, 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 you, you can put the phone on vibrate at that point. Don't, don't have the ringer on anymore. Put it on vibrate. Then I guess we move on to Ritter. Yeah, he's an interesting one. I feel like I've seen some stuff on him going a little all over the board. Yeah, well, it, here's the thing uh, with Ritter and looking at his scouting reports is, is that I've seen a lot of Tannehill and Mariota stuff, which is like, you know, that's funny. <sighs> comparison, <Yeah. laughs> to, to, comparison to our last two quarterbacks. <laughs> but uh, for Ritter, he, does, he has he has some nice mobility. Not a scrambler, but he can move. You know, I, I see more Tannehill than I see in Mario. Well, I guess what Mario didn't turn out to what I thought Mario was going to be. So, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, if he turns out to be a version of Tannehill from the last couple years and not this year, I mean, I guess you're winning. I yeah. I, I, I like that Miami Tannehill comparison, though, which isn't the most glowing endorsement in the world. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, 
for Ritter, I, you know, if those two other quarterbacks go earlier, maybe Pittsburgh takes them. Oh, but I don't th- think so. But other than that, I mean, I know, speaking of the Titans, I mean, I've seen a lot of people bring up Ritter with us, like, hey, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt to draft Tannehill's replacement. Uh, Cincinnati has got connections, you know, Luke Fickle, Mike Brable are friends, and so... That's how, you know, speaking of 2013, Ryan, um, you know, I'm old enough to, because, you know, we're old now, Ryan, so we can make references like this, you know, draft (laughs) nine years ago. Do you remember there was talk about, oh, I'm reaching for his name. He was, he played quarterback for the same college where Buffalo had hired the head coach from. Do you remember who that would have been? Twenty because Buffalo took right. EJ. Buffalo took EJ Manuel, their head coach at the time, who whose name is also escaping me. Um, he played with Ryan Nassib. Is that it? Hold on, didn't I don't think because EJ Manuel went to Florida State. I think. Yes, and yes, he did. And Nassib, I think Nassib played at Syracuse. Yes, I believe Buffalo had hired the Syracuse coach. Because huh. people were making that connection, that the Buffalo Bills, because they hired this coach from, I think it was Syracuse. Um, they hired the coach from Syracuse that had the history with him. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug Marone. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So he yeah. had history at Syracuse, and so there was like this dumb chatter that Buffalo might take Ryan Nassib in the first round because of that connection. That feels like what that is to me. Of mm. well, look, the Titans—they have connections to Desmond Ritter. They might take him because there's connections there. I don't think they're dumb enough to do that. At least not in round one. I mean, after that, who knows? Sure, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't, you don't have a second rounder because of the Julio trade. That um, hurt. I think it, you've got you've got a third though, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if he's there in the third, I could see it then. Sure. I mean, you're playing with a third round pick. I don't. I don't. I'm a stark anti round two, round three quarterback guy, but it's fine, I guess. Yeah. Um. I prefer to use those picks on players that will, you know, maybe help your current team. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers could have really used an extra player this year and said they had Kyle Trask, you know. Right. Or as, or, or as ironically was autocorrected the other day, Kyle Trash. And I think I'm going <laughs> to just run with it. I think I'm just going to call him Kyle Trash. Oh, oh sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we have another quarterback to get to? Do, uh, we had Ritter. I agree. I think, I think Ritter's going to be, I think he's a round two guy. Uh, I, like, I think I, so too. I, I'm looking, you know, Washington's got pick 47. You know, I could see him making that. You know, Atlanta's got pick 43. If they don't take Willis in round one, you know, and Seattle's got two picks, 40 and 41 also. Yeah. So there's a few different options there in round two. Um, that I really do think are possibilities. You know, Houston is sitting there at 37, but like I said, I don't think they should. 
I think you take a player there to help out and see what you got in uh, you know, the best quarterback in this year's draft. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that's probably the sweet spot for Ritter, too. I also think that's kind of the sweet spot for Corral as well. Sure. And, uh, Anywhere for, from 40 to 47? Yeah, any somewhere from that range. Because at that point, you're not spending a, well, a really a priority first-round pick. Honestly, Highly- so here's the here's the picks from 40 to 47. You've got Seattle has 40 and 41. Yeah. Indy has 42. Atlanta's got 43. Then you've got Cleveland, Baltimore. But then you've got Minnesota and Washington. So from 40 to 47, I would say every team except for Cleveland and Baltimore. I can see it. Like, even Minnesota is probably a little bit less likely. But, you know, they don't seem to totally love Kirk. He kind of signed a short extension. It seems like, you know, it's not the coaching staff that brought him in anymore. It wouldn't shock me to see Minnesota spend their second rounder on, on Ritter or any of them that, are, you know, Corral, if, if he's there, if somehow Kenny Pickett is tumbled, totally. you know, if he just put his phone on silent and he's still sitting there mid-second round. I could see that too, but yeah, I, I think that forty to forty-seven range, we'll probably see two quarterbacks, maybe even a third, going in that range. Let's see. I'm I with think, you on that. And then Howe and Strong. I mean, both of those quarterbacks could play into that too. Sure. Yeah. At that point, you could you could see those two also make it play. It, it, it it's a weird it's weird at quarterback because yeah, there is no number one pick. But yeah. There are like five or six guys to go in yeah probably around two around maybe around three for a couple of them uh, it, it's interesting it, it's not great but it's deep and that, that's kind of what i've heard about every position as far as like the quote-unquote fantasy positions this year is that you know there's no mega elite guy but it's kind of deep you know yeah there are several wide receivers there are several running backs you like there's even two or three tight ends that could be interesting but there's no Kyle Pitts. There's no Jamar Chase. You know, there there's kind of a Najee Harris. Um, let's go ahead, Ryan. Are you ready to go ahead and transition over to the running backs with that? Yeah, let's do it. So Brees Hall, he's the big one. Uh, do you have what? What are your feelings as far as Brees Hall? Does he sneak into round one or is he a round two guy? Well, I've seen some stuff where it says like you know he might. Sneak in around one, maybe start to look at Buffalo at 25 or maybe Tampa at 27 being a possibility as well. Uh, other than that, I looking at the other teams in that first round range, uh, probably not unless Buffalo wants to take him or Tampa wants to take him. I think he probably doesn't sneak in around one. I think he's probably... A guy that goes in round two, um, I don't know where in round two, probably somewhere early in round two or somewhere in the middle of round two. I think that's where can you I see throw you, uh Can I throw you two sleeper teams? Sure. Three. Th- well, two sleeper teams and then one that's my real prediction. Sure. Um, Sleeper team number one is Ryan McDaniel, your Tennessee Titans. I figured. I think there's a chance, and I've been saying it for a couple of years. I think uh, that I've thought Tennessee might spend a first or second round pick on a running back, and uh, they spent what a third on McNichols, right? 
No, that what was Ev- that was Evans. Oh, that was Evans. That wasn't even McNichols. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not what you want to see there, is it? <laughs> no. But uh, you know, with Henry loading up the carries, you know his contract. You're not tied to him for too much longer. They liked. I, I mean, obviously, it worked out having Henry not get a ton of work his first two years in the league. To right. Then they could really pile on him during his prime, and he's held up to it. Other than, I mean, finally last year, and it was a foot injury. I think it's a sleeper possibility. It's it's not the team to bet on, uh, but I do think there is a chance of that. Um, the other sleeper team I've got, and they've got two picks in this range. It's uh, it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I know. People like Swift a lot. Uh, there are people who are huge on DeAndre Swift. And I get it. I like Swift too. He's had issues staying healthy. He is kind of a smaller back. And I get the feeling from Dan Campbell that he likes having that bruiser, that pounder back also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I could see bringing in Brees Hall and then you kind of run the J. Stu, Damien, uh, D'Angelo Williams pairing there uh, with those two. And, and likewise, my third, and the, the, the team I do think, if I had to put down a buck right now in FanDuel Sportsbook, I would pick the New York Jets. Yeah, the, the I could see maybe the Jets with them having two second-round picks early on. Mm-hmm. I could see them making the move. And I like Michael Carter. I, I, I like Michael Carter a lot. He was a fourth-round pick, though, last year. So it's not like you have a ton of draft capital. And the comparison I would make for Michael Carter is I look back about 10 years ago at the Cincinnati Bengals with Gio Bernard. And I kind of view Carter as a Bernard type. Well, that following draft, what they do, they drafted Gio, uh, Jeremy Hill. And yep. I can see Brees Hall being more of that Jeremy Hill type of runner uh, and pairing him up. And also you've got the coaching staff there that came over from San Francisco. You know, they like to use multiple backs in those offenses. Uh, we're going to see that in Miami also now. I, that's my pick for who's going to take Brees Hall. That, that's my pick is, is the Jets. That That's a very solid bet. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took, whether it's him or, Kenneth Walker with one of those picks. Sure. Yeah, because they, they do. They have, they have 35 and they've got 38. Uh, the pick from Sam Darnold. Uh, they're at 38, so that worked out pretty well for them. Yeah. Uh, how about, look at the Jets as in draft capital, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> between the Sam Darnold trade and the uh, uh, the safety trade with, with Seattle, they've got two picks in the top 10 in both of the first two rounds. Yeah. <laughs> Just goes to show you, kids, if you're going to make a trade for draft picks, trade with teams that are going to become bad. Yeah. <laughs> Easier said than done. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kenneth Walker, I he's also in that same kind of range. Probably a little bit after Brees Hall. I don't think there's any chance he's a first-rounder. I think yeah. you're looking at him just a little bit later on in the, in the second. So I look at, you know, Atlanta sitting there at 43. Honestly, Seattle at 40 and 41, they've got those two picks. That wouldn't shock me at all because Chris Carson's very much in the up in the air. Rashad Penny has not stayed healthy at all. He finally had a nice stretch there at the end of last year, but 
That's all he's shown you. So I could see him going in any of that range. Um, I think that's if he gets past Atlanta at forty three though, maybe you see a bit of a tumble. Like maybe what New Orleans at forty nine, maybe maybe Kansas City at fifty even. Uh, they might be in the running back, looking around a little bit there. Yeah, maybe Philly. Maybe Philly, maybe Philly. I still like Miles Sanders, but I'm alone on that train at this point. <laughs> and even I jumped off of it, and I just kind of <laughs> have one foot back on. Uh, is there any other running backs you want to bring up real quick? Uh, I mean, you got a few others. So you got, no? Yeah, you got Isaiah Spiller out of A&M. We'll see where he goes. You got Dalvin Cook's younger brother, James Cook. Yep. So, uh, those are probably the two other running backs behind Hall and Walker. But other than that, I, I think that's. I mean, you also got Damian Pierce from Florida. So, other than that, I think those are the running backs right there. Do you have any teams you think might surprise us and take a running back in round two? Hmm. I do like your Saints one. The Saints one has been on my mind because. Out of all the bajillion things we've had happen in this offseason, it's like, oh, wait, Alvin Kamara got arrested earlier yeah, this sure offseason. And I don't know if we've heard anything else about that, so I like your Saints to maybe... I believe he's got a court date next month. I okay. Um, but obviously that's in the future. And also, by the way... Camaro works better in a two back set, you know. He does, and and the number two is still Mark Ingram now, who's kind of ancient. So <laughs> I think New Orleans is very much a possibility. Yeah, I think Philly's a possibility. Um, you know, hey, it would never shock me to see New England pull the trigger on one of these guys. Arizona's another one. I could definitely see Arizona going running back yeah. in round two. That wouldn't surprise me. Even Tampa to an extent. Um. Yeah, and I think that's about it as far as the round two teams I could see going running back. I think so. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I'm not going to put that one out in the universe. No, I'm not <laughs> going to say it. It would make me so sad. No, I Baltimore might take one later on, but not in round two. Yeah, I could. I've done a couple mocks where I've had them taking a running back later on in the draft. Well, you've done like seven round mocks. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Any uh, <laughs> let me tell you, if I did a seven round mock, the entirety of round six and seven would just be the SEMO roster. <laughs> That's how I would just fill out the, the pad out the space. Uh, there we go, Coach Took. You finally got a good roster that's gone on to the <laughs> NFL draft. Uh, so I guess, are we going to go to the wide receivers? or? Yeah, if you, well, because a lot of those are going to go in round one. Yeah. And so I think we skip out on it because cause we're going to talk about pretty much all the guys we need to talk about. The only player I had left out, I think, was uh, David Ojabo, the right. pass rusher from... Uh, Michigan, who tore yeah. his Achilles during his pro day, 
he was getting projected. Honestly, I saw a lot of them going to the Ravens at 14. I feel like that was kind of the range, though, was kind of mid-first. Yeah. Uh, for him, as far as his talent goes. Where do you think he will now go? I do start to... I, I am wondering if he does go in the first round, maybe one of those teams with an extra first, takes a chance on him and knows that it's probably going to be a red shirt year, but... You know, Kansas City comes to mind, you know, with the whole, I rem, because if you remember, there's a lot of talk about Frank Clark and because of his salary and how much of that camp space it takes up, maybe moving off of him. Well, maybe take a Jogbo with one of your, with one of your second, first round picks, or maybe you take him with your first, first round pick or, and you do that, redshirt him and then let go of Clark Cut, cut some salary cap space, get some money back to play around with, and then have a jog ball ready to go next year. Um, I I do wonder though. I do think he's probably going to go and he's going to end up in the second. Is where I think he's going to go. Yeah, I, I think so too. Just because personally, the way I view first, like first round picks in general, should be immediate starters. Even if that's not necessarily literally week one, they should be starting by the end of the rookie season. You know, in general. You'll have scenarios where they don't, mainly quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, other than that, I want to see those rookie first-rounders making an impact year one. For second and third rounders, I'm typically okay with you being a role player for your entire first season. And then by year two, I really need to, you know, I want to see you starting midway of year two, everything after round three. I just hope to get something out of you at some point, right? Um, so I think if you kind of look at that as like your template, I think round two makes a lot of sense. I wonder if, uh, you know, in the world where Detroit goes Malik Willis in round one, I don't see how they would then take Ojabo with 32 or 34. Yeah. Because I don't think you want to tell your fan base, well, two of our top three draft picks this year, you ain't going to see them that, you know, playing anytime soon. So I, I think that kind of rules out that exact scenario. Now, if they don't take Willis, which I don't expect them to, I think Detroit's a possibility. And, you know, we talk about that fifth-year option. If you know the guy's going to miss that first season, which, you know, I think that's what I'm expecting. I'm not expecting to see that all this year. Um, having that fifth year, ha having that extra year of leverage, I mean, you know, Ryan, you're Titans and Jeffrey Simmons, you mm -hmm. know, you get that extra year of them that way. Yeah. And so you give them that extra year, you know, it, it feels like a second round pick that way. And having a 32 overall pick, I think makes that plausible. Cause also if you're Detroit, you're not winning this year versus if you're the Bengals, if you're the chiefs, if you're the Packers, for sure, if you're the Bucks. If you're the Titans, if you're the Bills, if you're the Cowboys, if you're the Cardinals, if you're the Packers again, that's 22 through 31. Those teams need to take players that are impact this year. And I don't love viewing the draft that way, but those are contending teams, and that's how contending teams kind of need to go sometimes in order to truly compete. You need to get something out of your first-round pick in order to win a Super Bowl. You yeah. know, like, whether you traded it or used it, that first-round pick is going to contribute to your Super Bowl championship if you win it. And you know, so, I, I think could, Detroit at 32 would be my bet. I could see that. 
And in the second round, you bring up Dallas. I could see Dallas taking him in the second round because there has been a pattern with Dallas taking guys like you know Jalen Smith. As a, they'd have to they'd have to either move up or they would have had to have moved down out of the first. Yeah. You know, but, it, it would require a trade. But yeah, there's a pattern there. Also, Jacksonville, remember Miles Jack? Yeah. Uh, all those years ago, he fell out of the first round because of injury concerns and turned out to be a great player for them. And so I do, I mean, I think round two, someone, and now look, there is the negative side of this, right? Like, you bring up Jalen Smith, you bring up uh, Miles Jack. The other side of this, Ryan, do you remember Daquan Bowers? Yep. So a lot of people aren't going to remember that name, but he was at one point talked about being the number one overall pick in the, was he also 2013? Whatever year it was that he was picked. Um, uh, he was 20. Oh my. Oh, Oh dear. <laughs> so at one point, he was brought up as being the number one overall pick in the 2011 draft. How do I remember this? <laughs> oh my god, Ryan, that's over 10 years ago. Oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway, so he then, because of, I believe it was a knee injury, I think, ended up being the 51st overall pick in the second round by the Bucks. And, yeah, talking about a lot like what we're talking about with David Ojabo right now, where, you know, hey, high upside. He was literally talking about his number one overall. And you got him at 51st. Well, he ended his career with seven sacks. Not what you want. Not what you want. It just never got going in the NFL. So, like, that's why I don't – personally, I don't know if I love – Detroit is a very unique situation in that way. Where I do think, because they're not playing for anything this year, I think you can shoot for that upside in round one. But I, it's risky. It is risky. You talk about Jeffrey Simmons, you got to remember Daquan Bowers, though, because that's you know, the downside. I could also see Atlanta at 43, since I don't know if they'll be, I don't think there'll be anything this year. Maybe you take him. Yeah, I think a lot of those, a lot of those early second round teams, the Jets, the Giants, maybe, I, I can actually see, the, for some reason, I don't feel with the Giants, but Houston. Chicago, Seattle, having two picks there back-to-back, I could see it. Not yeah. Indy, because Indy's trying to win. Um, but yeah, Atlanta, for sure. I, I think I think by 43, that's like the end. I, I don't see him getting past 43. Unless, uh, I mean, it is Achilles, so it could really scare off teams. But I do have a hard time seeing him get past 43. Because the, the talent was fringe top 10. Right. So, is there anything else before we get to mocking? No, I think let's go ahead and jump right on into this mock draft. Uh, let me see. I've got a quarter here, Ryan. Got the uh, the old was a is that George Washington on the front of the quarter? Yes. <laughs> so we got a little George Washington on one side. This is a uh, state of California, two thousand five quarter here. There's a man looking at what appears to be an eagle. Off uh, Yosemite Valley. Uh, looks like his name is John. Uh, it's dirty. I can't read his last name. But Ryan, <laughs> would you like to call heads or tails? I will go and call heads. Good call. Going to George Washington. Let's see what happens. 
in George Washington it is. Ryan McDaniel believing in the founding fathers. So, Ryan, would you like to pick the even numbers or would you like to pick the odd numbers? I think it's important to point out here, both the Ravens and the Titans have even numbers. And also the Steelers. Uh, so those are pers- and the Steelers, too, for that matter. For Peter Lewis listening at home uh, <laughs> or at the gym, for that matter. Peter might be at the gym while he's listening to this podcast. If that's the case, Peter, keep up the good work. You're doing great. We're really proud of you. Uh, even <laughs> numbers or odd numbers, Ryan, which would you like? Uh, boy, I, I, you know what? I will, I'll stick with even, I'll go with even numbers. Oh, sticking with the evens. Okay. So that gives me the odds, the odd numbers, which gives me the first overall pick in this year's Matt and Ryan mock draft. Well, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Pass. <laughs> you go. <laughs> what a way to start. <laughs> Bring out the Lions. <laughs> you pick one so we can just add the other. Uh, we'll take Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. A- and I should say, Ryan, um, the way I do mocks is I pick as what I think will happen. Not necessarily what I would do. Which way do you want to do this mock? Uh, do you want to do what, what Ryan McDaniel, the general manager, would do? Or do you want to do what you think this team will do? Uh, it's an important distinction. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'll just say, let's do what I think what the team will do. What the team will do. So this is in a prediction style format, then. Uh, so if I make a pick and people are like, well, that's really dumb, don't get mad at me. Because it's what I think will happen. I, I think that's the better way of doing mocks, personally. I, I, I Nobody yeah. cares what I would do. People care about what they will do. So, I agree. Um, so, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, the edge from Michigan, is the first overall pick in the 2022 NFL mock draft by Ryan McDaniel and Matt Mormon. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da. <laughs> Ryan, you are on the clock. All right, so first of two picks for Detroit here in the first round. And I think I am going to go edge as well. And I think the Lions will go and take Trayvon Walker. Yeah, he's really gained a lot of steam. Yeah, oh boy, yeah, he has. Like, it's kind of unbelievable how much steam he's kind of picked up from this whole draft process to be even considered as a guy that could go top five. Well, cause I did my first mock. It was about a month ago. And I actually, I actually had him at number two overall then. And I remember at the time when I put him there, I was like, this is kind of a bold call. Like everyone <laughs> sit down, but I like this guy. <laughs> and, uh, it's kind of blown up towards like, well, man, okay. Yeah. Duh. Trayvon Walker, why don't you put him first overall if you want to be bold, you know? <laughs> yeah. He, he he looks like he's going to be really good. He's an athletic freak. He, yeah, he is. He, he is, and I think he's a guy that is a hard worker, so I think guys like Dan Campbell will appreciate that. I mean, either way, if these two guys were flip-flopped, if Trayvon Walker went one and Hutchinson went two, I think... If you're Detroit, you would get a hard worker either way. Uh, 
bring, uh, you know, bring your pail to lunch type of guy and it just consumes football, I think you would be pretty happy if you ended up with one of those guys because that fits a culture that seems like Dan Campbell wants to start building there. Yeah, the the hard-nosed, you know, take no BS, go hit that quarterback type of guy. That, that, that's really what, uh, that's Dan Campbell's type of, type of players right there. Yes. Uh, so, Ryan, that brings it to me with the Houston Texans. <sighs> Texans are interesting. Yeah. Like, what do you give a team that literally needs everything? <laughs> <laughs> like, there truly, there truly is no position out, out of regard here. And so, I'm going to stick with where I've been pretty much all offseason with this one, too. I'm going to go Evan Neal. Evan Neal, there we go. And a big part of it is that he can play right tackle. Yes. And I think you saw that with Panay Sewell last year, where it's like, you're the left tackle of the future. But we've got, we've actually got a left tackle. We've got Laramie Tunsil. You know, the, the, the Lions, they've got Taylor Decker. So it's like, you actually do have this left tackle, but you know it's not going to last much longer. Let's get a guy that we can plan at right tackle, get McElman to the NFL, then we'll move him back over to the left at some point. It's really versatile. So, can, can kick inside too, if you need him. Yeah, if you need him to. Don't know how I feel about taking a guard at three overall. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, as a guy that offers a lot of versatility, he's a big guy. <laughs> uh, 6'7", like, what, 350 or something like that. And yeah. as a guy that can play up wherever you need him on the line. And comes from an, that Alabama program. So, and helps out Davis Mills, who you want to give the the best possible help that you can. Yes. And that, to me, is the focus this year, is... Let's find out what Davis Mills is. Is Davis Mills Matt Schaub, or is he Gardner Minshew? Like, to me, that is what this year should really be about. Like, is this a guy we can actually work with, or is this a guy that we're going to replace with next year's first-round pick? Yeah. Let's make that decision this year. All right. So I'm up with uh, the Jets, their first pick in the top ten. And, uh... They got some interesting needs as well. Probably on the defensive side is uh, where some of their needs are. They could also use some help along that offensive line. Although, I think I'm leaning defense with this pick. I think I'm going to go with the surprise here. I remember hearing a lot of talk that they weren't going to go with this position early on. Because it didn't fit the Robert Sala type of style with San Francisco's defense that he ran. But you know what? Screw it. I am going to go with Amon Gardner. Oh, saucy. Yeah, let's get saucy here. Oh. Uh, this guy is, is a long corner. Is a guy that fits... If you, if you remember, Sherman was at San Francisco yep. at one point and... As a guy that is a big corner, he never allowed a touchdown at Cincinnati in his three-year career there, which is kind of nuts considering it's college football. And he just was a guy that locked down one side of the field. And, and so 
I think with this first pick, you go and get some help on defense. I think you go and take Sauce Gardner here at number four. That's interesting. I uh, I get that. Like he is really great. Um, I yeah, I think they're gonna go the more traditional Roberts. I mean, I think Kayvon Thibodeau. That's the guy I have penciled in there. Um, but you know, Sauce, he's actually he is the number one corner in this draft. He is very good, and I would not be surprised to see him go here. Although. Yeah, they've got needs. And also, it's one of those things, too, where you can play the board a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. with the Jets because you've got that pick at 10. If you like Derek Stingley, maybe you then take a tackle or an edge here. If you like uh, Jermaine Johnson or George Karlaftis at 10, then maybe you don't go edge this early. So it's one of those things where you can kind of play the board a little bit, depending on how you're feeling about those other guys. But that brings it to me with the New York football giants. <sighs> <laughs> That's I a don't. sigh of every Giants fan right there. Ryan, why'd you have to take evens? Because <laughs> <laughs> especially the next time I pick, I'm picking as the freaking Giants again. <laughs> okay, but we're going to look at this smart here. And much like how I just told the Jets they could play the board. I think with two tackles still on the board here, they would go Thibodeau. So we're going to take Kayvon Thibodeau here, and we're going to go get ourselves a pass rusher, put him on the edge, go after these quarterbacks a little bit, and the next pick, though, will be one of those offensive tackles. But there's two of them still on the board, so we can wait. Yeah, I'd like this pick, although there have been questions about how committed Thibodeau is to football and all that stuff. Maybe it's a thing where you kind of overthink it a little bit. There's questions about Kadarius Tony with that, too. We took him in the first round last year. It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, It may (laughs) just be a thing where you kind of, like, overthink some things a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there's Thibodeau at five. Next up, Well, I feel like we have those questions with Tunsil, right? Well, because, like, Tunsil had had the whole thing come out on draft day, too. But I feel like I remember there being those same questions about him and I mean, he's turned out pretty darn good. So, like, those those sorts of things, I feel like if you get the right coach in there with him, you can get through that. You know, that uh, that brings up another one of my favorite moments of the draft is just having that debacle happen. Yeah, because that was, like, unfolding during the draft. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. So, next up, we got the Panthers here at 6, and this is their... Only first pick, and they don't have any others till the fourth round. So, yeah, like we talked about, this is probably a prime trade down spot, I would think. And, but we're not doing any trades in this mock, so the Panthers nope, are sticking at mock six. draft trades are dumb. <laughs> They're dumb. Like, ah. <sighs> uh, it annoys me so much. And I feel like it's, it's happening more and more nowadays, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's doing mock trades willy-nilly. It's like, get out of here. I will, I should go back and see how many of these mock trades end up being correct. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole lot. Yeah. So. So annoying. At six. Uh, going back to our quarterback conversation... 
maybe there's a slight chance Pickett could end up here. There's also, it goes back to the connection part with Rule and Pickett uh, going back to Pickett getting an offer from Temple where Matt Rule was at years ago. Um, I I don't think you go Pickett here. I think if you want to take the most talented quarterback, you take you take him. And I think this year it's Malik Willis. And so I'm going Malik Willis here at number six. I this is kind of the chalk spot for Willis. This is this is the betting odds favorite. I think is six because they're so desperate for a quarterback. Yeah. Um. Personally, I I think it it if they want to, they can do it, and it's fine. Uh, I I think if they make the pick, it'll be a tackle though, because they are they desperately need to fix left tackle too. That's what um, I would do. Yeah, that's what I would do too. I would prefer to do, to do that. And you know, yeah, you don't pick until the fourth round. You know what? Trade that pick for Baker Mayfield. Like, just do it. All right, we don't like you. You don't like us. Come be the face of our franchise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I no longer have serious disinterest in joining your franchise. Oh, it was the. I mean, I have never seen an alert that says there's mutual disinterest <laughs> and that just tickles me pink oh and then I have the whole thing circle around where no team wants baker and no other quarterback wants to go to carolina and these two crazy kids are gonna end up together i can't it, it's hollywood written all over it oh, like this could... team they're gonna win the super bowl with baker mayfield like <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for the movie in the next 20 or so years. Oh, man. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. But that brings us to another team that honestly should be looking at a quarterback, but they're satisfied with Question Daniel mark? Jones, I guess. I think they're just stuck for one more year, and they'll take one next year. But they're going to take Ekem Ekwanu, and I know I butchered his first name, and I can't say it. Uh, so we're gonna put him on the Giants, and he'll probably not turn out to be very good because he's drafted by the Giants. Uh, but Iquanu is my pick for the New York Football Giants. Uh, the talk, he's another guy that offers a lot of versatility. Can play tackle or kick inside the like, guard. They like Andrew Thomas. Yeah, and, and that's part of it. Is I think Andrew Thomas is gonna be their left tackle, and so Iquanu can fix it somewhere else. Then you know. Because yeah. uh, that line, it's rough. It is rough. And they've got a guy there in uh, in Thomas. I think Will Hernandez is pretty good. Or at least not terrible at, at right guard. <laughs> so it's like, you've got two pieces here. So go get you a third one. Yes. Oh, boy. Next stop, the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I, I, I kind of, I think... You know, you talk about you screwing yourself up with getting the odd picks and picking for the Giants. I, I may have screwed myself <laughs> up here with the Falcons because I I honestly don't know. They could go quarterback and go with one of those two guys. They could go edge rusher here. They can go wide receiver and take that first guy off the board. I, you know what? I'll have them take Jermaine Johnson. Okay. At number eight. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think with uh, with the way we're setting up this mock, 
I think you add an edge rusher for Dean P's defense, and you start adding some pieces there because that defense needs some pieces, even though the offense needs some pieces as well. It's like a Texan situation. Where do you start? <laughs> um, so I think, you know, go at one of the premium positions well, and, you know, you got your quarterbacks, tackles, edge, edge rushers, and wide receivers. You tackle one of those positions. And Johnson's seen his stock rise up a whole lot, too. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, he's a former Georgia guy, too. Uh, <laughs> well, like, and, look, and you talk about those premier positions. I think that's a real trend that we're seeing this year. And I think I do think that's a trend you're going to see a lot moving forward. And we've seen it recently, I feel like, too, where, yes, quarterbacks, tackles, edges, corners, wide receivers. Yes. Those are the picks. Like, that is your first round. That is your top ten. I, I think you're going to see that a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of other positions really get uh, devalued a little bit. And I feel like for the most part, that's what most of the top ten typically is. Uh, but I just I feel like you're going to see that trend more and more and more, the way that this league is going. All right, Matt. You're up next with Seattle. Well, I did nine. have... One little thing made me chuckle there, Ryan. When you were talking about the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I went through and just made a column or a little spreadsheet to keep myself organized. Yeah. And uh, in that column, I would put Matt for my picks, and I put Ryan for your picks. And so I was just quickly auto-filling Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, <laughs> while you were talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Like, I didn't even – it clicked you halfway through you talking about Jermaine Johnson that, like, I'm just typing Matt Ryan's name while Ryan's talking about the Atlanta Falcons. It's like, did did talking about the Falcons subconsciously make me think of our names? And, like, have me then do this? I don't know. But here we are, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they're sitting here with Drew Locke, at quarterback. It's not great. It's not no. good at all. But, honestly... I don't think Pickett goes – I don't think he sniffs the top 10. I really don't. If he does, it's purely because of positional value. Yeah. Nothing to do with talent. Um, and this is another team that desperately needs some offensive line help. They also could use Derek Sting. Like, if they want to try to build LOB, I feel like, you know, you've got Jamal Adams, you could try to start – like, if that's the way they think that they can build a team is to run the football and playing defense, I think they could go Stingley here. Or even... A, I think it's too early for Andrew Booth. Uh, but I'm going to go with Charles... <coughs> oh my goodness, excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to go with Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State, who, fun fact, I drafted him in Madden Franchise. Uh, last year, actually. Uh, <laughs> Comes full circle. There it is. He's a lot better now than he was then. I think I think like round three at that point. Yeah. Uh, but here we are. Because of the Madden downloaded file that I did, that I, I borrowed from somebody. Uh, <laughs> had only a third rounder. But here he is. Top ten Charles Cross. They grew up so fast. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Seattle needs linemen, and Cross is a guy that primarily played left tackle, though he's shown he can be versatile, can play both. Well, 
And they literally don't have a tackle signed to the, to the roster right now. Yeah. Like, they, the if you go to their roster page, there are zero names listed under offensive tackle. <laughs> so, just call it a need is literally, it is a requirement for them to add not just one, but two offensive tackles between now and opening day. So, let's go yeah. ahead and knock one of those out here. All right, number 10, to close out the top 10, back with the Jets. Yeah, you got two Jets picks. I got two Giants picks. Uh, There we go. What are the odds? You got two uh, Detroit picks. That's that's also true. We each have a Saints. We we each have an Eagles. Yep. Um, We we each each have a Kansas Kansas City. You have both Green Bay's. Yep. Well, that's not Sorry, nice. Aaron. I'm going I'm so I'm going long snapper with your first. <laughs> I will take a full back. That's a skill position. <laughs> F you, Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> uh, so uh with the Jets at 10. Maybe if Jermaine Johnson was on the board, you could probably go with him here. I think this is where you start to see the wide receivers get picked. And you know what? Let's go with a Wilson to Wilson connection and go with Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. How as With the first wide receiver off the board going to the Jets. They need a guy that, with, with Zach Wilson that can be a number one guy. And there's a lot of people that in the NFL that love Wilson a lot more than Olave because of what Wilson brings to the table. And so you add him to that group with him, with Elijah Moore, who they took last year, and with Corey Davis, and them getting CJ Uzama in free agency. And so you start to build some weapons around your second overall pick from last year. Yeah. I uh I think so. And you know, it's it's a little annoying as someone who really likes DJ uh Elijah Moore, but I think you just look at the Jets, they have been involved in every wide receiver that's been moved. Like they their name comes up a lot when it comes to wide receivers. You know, they were like in on Christian Kirk, they were in on Tyreek Hill, they're currently in on Debo. So like they're a team that obviously is not wanting to be done at, at wide receiver. And yeah, I, I personally, I prefer Drake London. He's my favorite wide receiver yeah. in this class, but yeah, Garrett Wilson, it's right there. It, it's different styles of guys. I think London would actually be, be a better fit because Zach Wilson is a little bit inaccurate. I think Drake London can bail him out a little bit uh, more so. Oh, wow. I just saw the way that the uh, Hawks game ended. Holy cow. Uh, who would have thought Matt would be the one distracted by an NBA game tonight? Not Ryan. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, yeah, so I, I prefer London, but I think Wilson's a good pick too. And uh, yeah, I think you need you gotta help out the the Sam not the Sam Darnold. I'm sorry, Jets fans. The uh, Zach Wilson there. Um, Ryan, in hindsight, question for you here. Yeah. Now knowing that none of the big tackles were available at 10, 
would you go back and take one instead of Sauce Gardner? You know what? I think you go and find one in round two if there's one there. Maybe a Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. You bring him in there. And maybe go running back with that other pick like we talked about. Maybe you have three of your first four picks address on offense and help out your quarterback. So maybe that route. But I, I think I, I would be fine. If you get a guy that can lock down one part of the field and Gardner, and then you can get a potential number one guy in Wilson in the top ten, I think you feel pretty good about that if you're the Jets. I get that. Yeah, that's fair, I think. I, I do think they need to... Mekhi Becton looks like a bust. I think yeah. they got to do something there. Uh, but that brings me over to the Washington football commanders. <laughs> and I think this team... This seems so interesting. Because it feels like they're not that far from being pretty good. Like, you remember that year two years ago, and... Yeah, they were under 500 to win the division. So it's like, were they really good? They were under 500. But yeah. that defensive line was so good that you just feel like it's in there for them. So I'm going to go with Derek Stingley Jr. here and try to just patch up that secondary a little bit. Get a guy to, you know, that I think could be an immediate impact player for you. Yeah. At a position where you really need it at. And, uh,. Uh, yeah, I just Washington feels close than they probably actually are, but that that's my pick for them is Derek Stingley Jr. Yeah, I, I like that pick, and not too long ago, Stingley was a guy that would, was considered to be like a top five pick potentially, and then his career at LSU unfolded, and things didn't go the way that you would want them to do, and so now he's here at eleven. So I think Washington, yeah, you get. A guy that can lock down one side of the field with that defensive line. Hey, that's a good pick by Ron Rivera, I would think. So, now we're here at Minnesota. And you know what? I think this pick is fairly easy for me. And I think, you know, several years ago, they took one Notre Dame safety in Harrison Smith. Yep, absolutely. And I think they go this route here with Smith's career winding down. And they take Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Another guy that, you know, you could that is a potential top ten pick, but probably a lot of people overthinking some stuff with the draft process and his what what his forty time was. But I think if you're the Vikings, you you get easily the best player available. It's at a position of need. And as a guy that can really be a chess piece on that defense for that Vikings defense set. Need some playmakers on that side of the ball. Yep. I I don't see any other way around it. I, I agree. Um, he, he, he's the guy. I Actually, I mean, I tell you what. When we talk about those premier positions, I would like to see Hamilton go earlier. I just think safety is getting devalued. Yeah. And, you know, in the same way that it's so rare to see offensive guards or tight end go early, I think safety's getting more and more in that direction. And so I think that's part of why he falls as well. I think talent, talent for talent, I mean, you can't tell me that Malik Willis is going to have a better rating on Madden this year than Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, no. 
You know, you can't tell me that, you know, Jermaine Johnson's going to have a better Madden rating in year one than Kyle Hamilton. Uh, but I think it's part of the position you play. You know, that, yeah. that's part of it. That that really, that's a thing, you know, and I'm coming around more and more. And I'm still a best player available guy, but I think those premier positions, it, it's important, you know, and it's becoming more and more important. Um, which brings me over to the Houston Texans. <sighs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pick twice for the Texans. I think we left that one out earlier when we were doing the inventory. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with just, yeah, I think he is the best player available situation here. And it's a guy, I mean, I saw a tweet the other day. Who is, quote unquote, your guy in this year's NFL draft? And I considered retweeting it with this guy's name. But I don't think I should because there are so many people even higher on him than I am. That's like, it's kind of my Trayvon Walker thing where it's like, oh, I guess I'm not actually that high on this guy. Everybody <laughs> else is even higher. Uh, Jordan Davis. Yeah. Dude is a freak. If this happens on NFL draft night where he goes one pick before the Ravens, I am just going to be so heartbroken. <laughs> um, I would love him to be the pick for Baltimore. I think Jordan Davis. Like, you, this dude, I'm not going to throw out Aaron Donald because that's just not. Yeah, no. That, like, it's different style. He's bigger than Donald. But, like, this guy's got a chance to be. I think, like, Derek Brown was really getting thrown. It was kind of a draft day comparison. Um, I see a little bit of Gerald McCoy because again, Ryan, I'm old now. <laughs> so I see a little bit of Gerald McCoy in his game. Uh, I think he's like just good, good player, great athleticism for his size. You know, as a larger man myself, you know, <laughs> uh, it's nice to see somebody like that. giving me hope that I can still be athletic. Um, you know, I wear XL shirts now. Uh, but you know, maybe I can go hang out on a pickleball court or something because Jordan <laughs> Davis will inspire me to. So well, there you yeah, go. I, I, I love, I love him. I love Jordan Davis. You know what? Put him at first overall. Hey, Hutchinson, <laughs> you just, let's just trade that 13 for one. Let's put Jordan <laughs> Davis number one. I'll be the high guy on Jordan Davis. I'll tell you what, for Houston, that's not a bad first round. You get two really big guys on both sides of the ball, on both lines. That could be that's really, like, that's a lovey Smith first round, isn't it? Yeah, it is an offensive tackle and a defensive tackle. Like let's go beat some people up. Yeah. Ooh. So that leaves me with your Ravens here at 14. Let's take a look at this board. And I, hmm. Matt, let me ask you, let me, let me phone a friend uh, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, what do you think about your Ravens pick here at 14? Well, it's unfortunate because I like, like I said, I am a best player available type of guy. I you know. Hey, who fell? that shouldn't have take that guy. Right. And then just trust the coaches to figure it out. And that's the way the Ravens really do operate a lot. I feel like. And so I look at the draft board, Ryan, and for my personal mock, 
Um, every player but one has gone. Drake London's the only player that I had picked earlier that isn't off the board yet. And as much as I love Drake London, I don't think he's a fit for the Ravens. I, I don't think wide receiver in round one makes yeah. sense. I don't think his style makes a lot of sense for what the Ravens are doing. And so it's interesting. I look at it in, you know, if it's like Trevor Penning, I feel like I kind of yawn, but I understand. Yeah. Um, if it's George Karloftis, Maybe I'm a little bit more excited. If it's Kenyon Green, even, I think, again, I yawn, but I understand. If it's Andrew Booth, I think I'm content. Um, if it's Tyler Linderbaum, I might get excited, because I'm the only guy that, that's, that gets excited by centers anymore. Uh, so that'd be exciting if it's Tyler Linderbaum. Like, I don't think it necessarily should be, but I would get I would get a real rile out of me. Uh <laughs> So yeah, like definitely not Kenny Pickett, you know. <laughs> that's an easy that's an easy decision there. Uh not Sky Moore. Nicobe Dean, I think it's a little rich. I still like Patrick Queen, even if I don't love Patrick Queen. Um yeah, I, I'm kinda out of guys at the moment here. And it's unfortunate because I guess I love Drake London. Yeah. But I just don't know if it makes sense. And so I uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm not a general manager. <laughs> you know what? I I think I'll go with one of the guys you said. You, I mean, I said a, eight guys, so I hope be, I got it with one of them. Yeah, I think I will take one of the guys that you said it would be like a yawn, but you understand it. And I think I'll go Trevor Penning. Sure. He does kind of fit the Raven style, though. <sighs> yeah... Like, it also just makes me a little bit sad because it's like, is it waving the white flag on Ronnie Stanley? Yeah, that's true. Is that what that pick signifies? I mean, it can, but it can also be a guy that, like, hey, be our right tackle. Yeah, they just they, they just signed uh, the guy from the Jets for a three-year deal um, named uh, uh, Morgan Moses. Yeah. And so it's like, if I mean, Stanley, these last two years, significant ankle injuries. And it's really unfortunate because, like, you just made that decision to go with him as the guy, you know? And you trade away Orlando Brown Jr. as part of that decision. No, and it's no. like, I mean, hey, sometimes you're better off just admitting that, like, hey, it's a bad situation. You know, his ankle's screwed up. And we don't know if we're going to get on Ryan Stanley anymore. And you have to have a left tackle. This, yes. this is the National Football League. You have to have a left tackle. And so I get it. But it is it, it, it would make me sad. because kind, kind of in a way that like part of me was sad when the Ravens picked Lamar because it signaled the end of Joe Flacco. If mm -hmm. the Ravens take <laughs> Trevor Penning... I'll be more sad than what I was about Lamar Jackson. Uh, but I would be sad, though, because it does feel like that signal that, like, hey, even the team doesn't believe in Ronnie Stanley anymore. Yeah. So happy, yeah. Ryan, you made me sad. Yeah, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. Thanks. <laughs> um, I guess I'll just go ahead and make my Philly pick then, because now <laughs> I'm sad. Uh, so Philadelphia Eagles at 15. I am going to go with Andrew Booth Jr. 
the corner oh. from Clemson. Oh, They've got know. Darius Slay on one side. He's excellent. Uh, the other side, last year, I believe it was Steven Nelson. He's old. Um, <laughs> they've got Avante Maddox also. Uh, but, you know, it's the NFL. You can always use more corners. Yes. And I refuse to give the Eagles a, a wide receiver for the third straight first round. So, <laughs> Because when you've got a chance to be in the same category as the 2000s Detroit Lions, you, just, you should pass that opportunity up. Don't take a wide receiver here. <laughs> <laughs> oh don't worry matt they got another pick to make that choice oh no and you have that pick oh no <laughs> uh yeah booth hey you need a corner it's a pass happy league now with the way the nfl has changed you can never have too many corners let me restate that you can never have too many good corners of course and uh booth is a good corner he's a solid corner coming out of clemson and uh, put him alongside Slay. So let's lock down that Philadelphia defensive backfield. So now we're up with New Orleans. Who I think if Penning didn't go to at fourteen, they absolutely would have ran up to the to the to the freaking I, I don't even know what's called the, to, the Goodell, the yeah, commissioner, I, yeah, <laughs> the podium. There it is. I couldn't. I, I the word escaped me for a second. I think if Penning they would was have available, ran to the Vegas, yeah, <laughs> they would have ran to the podium and turned in the pick if Penning was still on the board. However, yeah. he is not. So, do you want to reach on one of those other offensive tackles here? Because you really do need one. And you got two picks here. But I think you need some wide receivers. So, Matt, I think I'm going to take your one of your favorite players in this draft, your favorite wide receiver, Drake London, to the Saints at 16. He is such a great fit for Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he is tall. He can go up and get those inaccurate passes. Like... A Mike lot Evans. of people's yeah, a lot of people's comp for him is Mike Evans. Honestly, I see a lot of another buck, uh, Vincent Jackson. I see a lot of Vincent Jackson in him, oh. and, and I saw a lot of Vincent Jackson whenever I saw Mike Evans coming in. So I, I, he is just he is that archetype. I love that archetype of player, um, guy that can just go up and get it. Just I mean, playing like a man among children out there, just goes up and rips that ball. So I, I love it. I, I think that'd be a great fit. Um, yeah, I, and he'd be a great opposite slant boy too. So it's like, you've got a nice parallel there. Yeah, I like it. But I am a little bit upset though. Cause I, I was getting really happy over here thinking about Justin Herbert throwing the ball to Drake <laughs> London. Cause I'm up now with the LA Clippers over here. And, uh, I'm going to still, I'm going to go wide receiver. You know, Keenan Allen is getting up there in age a little bit. I know they just paid Mike Williams real well. But there's a dimension of their offense they haven't unlocked. And Jamison Williams can bring that. The deep ball. Like, they, they really don't have that burner type. And you're going to have to wait a while to come back from torn ACL. I get it. But I think the Chargers could really use a guy 
that'd be just a downfield threat. A deep downfield threat. Yeah, I you're gonna have to wait on that ACL and see how he recovers from that. But for a guy like Herbert, who likes to throw the deep ball, and with a guy that with Jameson Williams who it's so funny. You see all these Ohio State receivers and yet this guy couldn't get on the field at Ohio State and had to go to Alabama. And so What do you read what do you read into that? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like the Ohio State wide receiver room is just that good. Like, and because yeah, that that is that is so interesting that like he couldn't even get on the field at Ohio State. Goes Alabama and Ryan without the torn ACL. You agree he'd probably be the number one receiver in this class. Probably yeah. Like that's that's interesting. I don't know what that. I, I am going to take a note to make notes about Jamison Williams in comparison to Olave and Wilson because I think that's a test case moving forward. All right. Now we're up to Philly again. Do I go wide receiver here? <laughs> I. You know what? I, I am kind of tempted by it. You know what, though? Uh, screw it. I'll go with the defensive end here. I'll go with George Karlofidis. And boost up that defense for Philadelphia. And you took a corner. Get yourself your edge rusher here. Karlofidis is just a guy that works his butt off. And is as another guy, is a guy that brings as much pale to work, and uh, is ready to go, and is just ready to outplay you each and every snap. Well, and their defensive line was really a core for their Super Bowl win. Yeah, it's gotten old though. You know, Fletcher Cox, I think he's thirty-two now. Brandon oh, Graham is right around that same age. Like a couple of those real pillar guys. Um, are, are starting to move on a little bit. I think, uh, wasn't your boy Derek Barnett a free agent? Is he still, he's still I, a free agent? I think they re-signed him. Did they re-sign him? Yeah. But I think Josh Sweat is a free agent next year, I think. And, uh, yeah, so that, yeah, they did re-sign Barnett. So, yeah, that, that defensive line, they love having a lot of bodies to put on that D-line. Yeah. And some of those bodies are starting to get older. All right, so Ryan, you've got me in a real situation here. <laughs> we have done 18 picks. Yes. The 18 players I had go 1 through 18 in my previous mock are all off the board. <laughs> and so we're sitting here, and I really didn't like doing Kenny Pickett to New Orleans at 19. I just didn't. I don't care for Kenny Pickett very much, but... I did it then. It was the same process that we're doing now, so I feel like I gotta stick to my guns on it and put Kenny Pickett nineteen in New Orleans. I don't I don't like it though, and I may back out on it still before the NFL draft. Check my Twitter, people, because there will be my final mock draft on there. I just he doesn't impress me. 
And like He's... one of the comparisons I read from was Andy Dalton. And I was like, you could go back in time. Was Andy like Andy Dalton, first of all, was a second round pick in the NFL draft. But like, even if you go back in time knowing what you know about Andy Dalton, is that a guy you want to take in the first round? Yeah, no. Uh-uh. He's fine. He's a guy. He's a little bit older too. Yeah, I just. But like, the trade was so weird that it feels like it had to be for quarterback in some way or another. Right. Yeah. Because what, which pick was they they acquired 19 or did they acquire 16? I I believe it was 16. It was 16? Yes. It was just such a weird, you don't see that. You don't see that trade happen that far out. And so it just makes you think they have to have a specific reason to make that trade. And I guess Kenny Pickett would be that reason. I guess. To get in front of Pittsburgh. Well, they already were in front of Pittsburgh. So maybe they have two players. You know, they they want Pickett and another guy, I guess. I don't know. It was a weird trade. All right. So locking in at Pickett at 19? I guess. What do you think? <sighs> Looking at the board... I might have gone with somebody like Devontae Wyatt from Georgia to help out with that defensive line. Or, you know, if they didn't take a wide receiver at 16 like I had them do, I could see them making a move at maybe Olave if he was still here at 19. Well, and you took uh, Drake London, London, so they still do need an offensive tackle. But I kind of feel like there's not one to get now. Yeah. Which is unfortunate for them. So, that's probably what I would have done, but I did think about it, which would screw Peter Steelers out of taking a Pittsburgh quarterback. That's true. You know what, Matt? That's an A-plus pick. (laughs) (laughs) Just because of all the Steelers fans, I would make angry. Yes. Uh, that speaking, does you bring you to though, yeah. Peter's Steelers here. You know what, Matt? After thinking a long time about this pick, uh, I am punting on this and picking a punter for Peter Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, no. They're punting. They're punting this pick by picking a punter. Uh, no, in all <laughs> in uh, all seriousness, uh. I think there's a couple of players on the board that I think they would take here. Um, and looking at them, I think they they take the guy I suggested for the Saints. I think they go and take Devontae Wyatt from Georgia and uh, add to that defensive line because it fits the Steelers' MO. And Devontae Wyatt's a guy that has seen his stock risen a whole lot too. There's probably a couple people that might like him better than Jordan Davis, but how how dare those people? <laughs> they know nothing. But uh, I feel like the Steelers they go with Devontae White here. I also thought about Trent McDuffie here 
from Washington at 20. But uh, I'll have them go with Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Um, I did see it on Twitter today that uh, Mark Caballi, the athletic reporter for the Steelers, he just casually posted on Twitter, you know, it's interesting. The Steelers really addressed every other need this offseason except for defensive line. You know, they've done something everywhere else. They've done nothing defensive line. So maybe that is what they're gearing up for at this point in that spot. It really feels like they're not doing quarterback, in my opinion. Not here. Like, even if Pickett was on the board. Which, uh, that'd be another thing that make Peter furious. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I think that, I do think they're rolling with Trubisky for year one. I really do. I, I think they're going to give him a real chance and see what happens. Um, which sounds insane. You know, make no mistake about it. That that does not sound like a good thing, but I, I do think that, you know, they're gonna get they're gonna get Trubisky a year. See what see what happens with it. Uh yeah. that brings me on over to the New England Patriots. And I'm kind of excited about this one. It is a pick I genuinely hope happens. Because I would like to see Mac Jones get a fun wide receiver to play with. And I think Chris Olave would fit yep. their system real well. Yeah, I like Olave. He can is, play inside. He can play outside. He's he's got some wiggle to him. Uh, I, I like Olave. Yeah, and if you make that pick, if you're the Patriots, you look at what they've done. They traded for Devontae Parker. You got Olave. You got Jacoby Myers, and you got the tight ends he brought in last year, and Janu and Hunter Henry. Not a bad group of weapons for Mac Jones. But uh, Alave would be a guy that would definitely help him out for sure. Yep, and if he can develop, like I really, because Mac Jones played so well, I want to see him get a true number one receiver. But the question is, will Bill Belichick make that I move? Know. I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I could see them going with Devin Lloyd out of uh, Utah. You know, you got Devon, you got. Um, Hightower, who's getting a yep. little bit up there in the, age. The Kobe so. Dean is still on the board also. Yeah. So, linebacker could be a position. Maybe they go offensive line and take somebody yep. like Linderbaum or Zion Johnson. Yeah. Well, I like that pick uh, for for the Patriots. You get Alave, who is who really helped himself in the process as well. And is a proven guy. And put up stats for a long time at Ohio State. So, at 22, I had to be feeling that the Packers would be kicking themselves if that happened. Because if Alave fell to 22, they, it's, again, they would run right up to the podium and take him. But, wide receiver still in need. And, I think they go with the wide receiver here. They take a guy that's been compared to A.J. Brown, funny enough. And they go with Traylon Burks. Yeah, I like Burks a lot. I, I, I personally, I prefer him over Olave. Um, and, you know, he's stylistically so different from Jamison Williams, it's kind of hard to make comparison there. But uh, he's a he's a tank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have Which, fun tackling you know, him in open field. Well, I, said that I, I remember once upon a time saying the same thing about King Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> You worry about those those big guys at wide receiver, though, because it doesn't take too much, and then, you know, that size becomes, uh-oh, they're too big, 
you know they're they're getting slow they're out of shape maybe you know like it doesn't take much to you know kind of hinge on there but yeah i think at this spot and you know it's interesting we're kind of starting to run out of first round wide receivers and this is something i noticed with my mock too whenever i did it earlier that you know i kind of went into it thinking yeah obviously green bay obviously kansas city I think your Titans are a candidate for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Detroit at this point is a candidate for a wide receiver. Um, yeah, New England, though we just saw a dude one. I think there's a sleeper possibility that Pittsburgh goes wide receiver. In mm. round one, even. Um, not a likely chance, but a sleeper chance. It wouldn't it wouldn't blow the socks off me off my feet. Um, Arizona, I think, also is a possibility. You know, they're yeah. shoveling out there the remains of AJ Green still. And so it's like you're kind of getting these picks in the 20s and you go, I would like to see this team take a wide receiver. Who's who is there now? We're running out of them. You know, so I think that'll be interesting um to see if, if you're going to end up seeing some teams reach a little bit maybe. Yeah. Um, true. Uh, uh but I like I like Traylon Burks though. I think it's a great pick at 22 and it's a wide receiver and it's the Packers so it won't happen. Yeah, it won't happen. Uh in actuality, the Steelers will th- won't take a punter. It'll be the Packers. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, Burks. It, it kind of also fits the mold with how the Packers wide receivers have been. They're normally big, tall, strong. You know, that's. I mean, you look at Devontae Adams. Um, Scantling was a, a bigger guy at six three. Well, Jordy was kind of a taller guy. Yeah. So, it fits the M.O. with how the Packers like their wide receivers. So, I'm just looking at the height on Jordy Nelson. Because, uh, Jordy was six foot three. Oh, there you, I, I was not aware yeah. he was that tall. Yeah, Jordy Nelson, six foot three. How about that? Um, All right. So, that brings me on over here to the Arizona Football Cardinals. And, uh... I have them down for a defensive lineman, but I'm going to change, Ryan, because oh. Kenyon Green is still on the board. Ooh. So we're going to take Kenyon Green. We're going to give him a guard here for Arizona. And uh, everybody's going to yawn. And everyone's going to complain about it, but he's a good player. And they need some offensive line help in Arizona. They've got a tiny quarterback, so interior offensive line is important there. Uh, you know, we saw that with Drew Brees, that you need to have a good interior offensive line as well because they need to be able to step up in those pockets for they're not mm-hmm. running around all the time. And, uh, yeah, I like the pick. Yeah, Green, another offensive lineman in the draft that's really versatile and has a lot of experience playing with uh, left tackle, right tackle, or either of the guard positions. Um. I do. I would really like him if he were if he was there for the Titans because I think he would be a real contender there. You know. Okay, just spitballing here, because he can play so many different spots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think talent wise, it's a reach, but I just feel like that fit is good for the Ravens. Yeah. Cause like. I do feel like Penning is a left tackle, right? Yes, he, he is. But like I that's think he what can play right is. a little bit. Sure. But it's like, you've got so much committed to Stanley still, even if he's not 
even if you don't love it, you you know, you're kind of pot committed there. And you sign Morgan Moses, but like we all also recognize that like you need to be worried about your offensive line, especially left tackle, you need to be worried about it. I think Green is a really good need fit for the Ravens. I don't know if I would love to pick up 14. Maybe it's one of those things where, you know, hey, if somebody wants to trade up and get in front of New Orleans to be able to get that Kenny Pickett, by all means, be our yeah. guest. Do it. We use use us. And then we take <laughs> Kenny Green later. But being able to play all those different offensive line positions, because the Ravens, they could use some guard help. And uh, I think that's an interesting possibility. I would be happy if that happened. Yeah. I think, yeah, we're both in position. I think we would love him if he were available to for our teams to pick him. Well, there we go. Oh, I, now I get the honor of picking for America's so-called team. Oh, it's America's team. How about them Cowboys? Yeehaw. Yeah, no, screw these Cowboys. Uh, Yeehaw. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? You know, Kenyon Green could be uh, could have been a guy for the Cowboys, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because they need offensive line help as well. And kind of another one, too, where it's like Tyron Smith is awesome and you're really invested in him, but he's had some injury problems. That is true. So I think I'm going to get a guy that can play some guard, can play some tackle. Might be a little bit of a reach, but he's seen his stock risen over the process. And uh, sorry to sound like Joel and Beat here, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Tyler Smith, the lineman out of Tulsa, and he's a guy that's really young. He's only 20 coming into the draft, so it kind of it kind of reminds me of Tyron Smith because wasn't he like 20, 20? I believe he was. I, I think that's probably why he's lasted so long. Yeah, and so I think you take a guy that can. Play some guard if you need him to, but long term, I think you are looking at him to be either a right tackle or be Tyron Smith's eventual replacement at left tackle. And this guy is a physical beast. Now, he does need to cut down some of the holding penalties that he's had, but other than that, this guy... Yeah. (laughs) But other than that, he is a really physical guy that I think would probably fit the Cowboys' run game and trying to run it with Tony Pollard and Zeke. And you need offensive line help in the worst way. Because no Lyle Collins anymore. Like you said, Tyron Smith is getting a little bit there up in age. So, Connor Williams left the free agency. So, get some offensive line help if you're the Cowboys. Uh, Fun fact for you. I work with a guy named Tyler Smith. Oh, there we go. And, and he is a slight young man. Like, he is definitely not an offensive lineman. <laughs> uh, he would be more of the uh, Sky Moore type. Yeah. You know, he, he's definitely more of a fun wide receiver archetype. And uh, speaking of Sky Moore, Ryan McDaniel. Oh. Nice this segue. is where we go a little crazy. This is probably my boldest one I've got on my little thing here. The Buffalo Bills taking Sky Moore twenty fifth overall. Am I crazy? No, I'm. Uh, Sky Moore's been a guy that could sneak into this first round. 
He one thing I have heard a lot about him is that he does create a lot of separation, and is one of the better wide receivers in this draft at doing that. So I think adding him to the stable with Stephon Diggs and uh, with Davis, and then pairing it with Josh Allen, I think that's a win-win for Josh. I think that's a win for Sky too, because you get to play with a guy of Josh Allen's talent. Yep. And he, he's a fun trinket type of guy, right? Like yeah. that, that, you know, he's one of those gadget receivers, you know, Tavon Austin, but hopefully good, you know, uh, <laughs> type of guy. So it's like, I just, I think that there's a lot of fun possibilities there. Um, I like the name a lot. Sky Moore. Yeah. Uh, with two Y's. I think that's a lot of fun. That feels like a Buffalo fun kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's a fun fit. It's fun to send a wide receiver to a really great quarterback. And, like, they're really good across the board. They could use a corner. So, Kyler Gordon, Kyrie Elam, that's possible for sure. Um, yes. You can always use pass rushers. So, yeah, Boye Mafe, sure. Um, but, like, I kind of think you, you know... Look back at how the Buffalo season ended, and it's like you had to score points every time you had the ball, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like, I think kind of almost in the same way that the, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire pick with Kansas City a few years right. ago was kind of a luxury pick in a way, you know? I, that's kind of the same realm I view this. Hopefully it works out better than that one. Um but, you know, that, that's kind of the same style of pick I think I view here. So there's Buffalo at 25, and now we're on to my Titans. And, Matt, to preface this, I think this pick will say a lot about where they think Dylan Radoons, their second-round pick from last year, will play on the offensive line and where his progression is at right now. Because the they I think they drafted him with the primary mindset that he was going to be a right tackle. Never got adjusted there. Played in some games last year. Played at left guard. I think if I remember right, he also played left tackle in that Thursday night game against San Francisco. And actually did pretty well for himself. But I think this pick is going to be a real good indication on where they feel the offensive line is at, where they feel his progression is at, whether he is a left guard or right tackle. And I think this pick is going to signal where I think he's going to, where they hope he's going to be this year. And I think they're going to go with the guy, you know, it's not, it's like a, uh, an offensive lineman type of pick, but I think they go with Zion Johnson the guard out of Boston College. And I've seen a lot of talk about this guy being one of the most pro-ready guys in this draft, a guy that you can plug in and with that with that fifth-year option, have him start for the next five years. He's also a guy, Matt, we go back to connections. He's got some connections within this Titans organization. He has a close connection to Rabel, whose son, Tyler was his teammate and roommate at Boston College. Oh, that's cute. So, they do know him. 
And he, there is a position of need there on that offensive line because you lose Roger Saffold, you get rid of him, you get him a little bit up there in age, you cut some salary off your roster. Why not plug in a guy that's pro-ready, that can start for you for the next five years, and you can get left guard, get that position locked down? That's a yawn kind of pick, but it fills a need, and it plugs in a guy that you can start from day one. And from from what we talked about with teams that hope to be contenders, I think that's what you're hoping out of a lot of them, is that you get guys that are pro-ready and ready to start day one. And that's what this guy can do. Yeah, and, you know, hey, next pick, Tampa Bay, they're kicking, the, they're kicking you right now. They're not happy about this. Oh, I know they aren't. Because they would have loved to take Zion Johnson the next pick. So let's see. Where do you have Tampa Bay going, Matt? Well, I actually I have them taking Zion Johnson. So I got to do a little <laughs> bit of uh, reworking the old board here. <laughs> and I'm looking at it. So, Brian, first I have a question. Can Linderbaum play guard? Maybe a little bit. Maybe you don't kick him out the center right away. Maybe he can play some guard. I did see where he's put on a little bit of weight. So that helps him out a little bit. I know there's some concern about his short arms. And as a guard, it's not what you want. But I think maybe you can put him at guard. Because the Bucks re-signed Ryan Jensen this offseason. So there's not a need for a center. There is a need for a guard. Right. I think I if I'm the Bunks, I don't think they would take him. Yeah, I don't either. Um I don't I feel like they wouldn't go Nicobe Dean, but I feel like he is a player they would like to have, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because, like, he fits, so like, Levante David, Devin White, N'Kobe Dean. Like, that would just, uh <laughs> He would just fit their archetype, fit their system, what they want to do. David is older, but I feel like they don't want to punt on the first round pick this. Like, they don't want to not be getting anything out of their first rounder. Uh, this year, yeah. you know, just just from positional logjam there. Um, I tell you what, I think I'm gonna go Trent McDuffie here. I kind of thought about him here at this spot, looking they, at the they, board. They had the uh cornerback injuries last year, really caused an issue. Um. You know, so yeah, add, add some youth, add, add a guy into there. Like, they really don't, they, like, it's basically the same team as two years ago. They lost a guard or two. That's it. <laughs> it's like you still don't really have that many needs. So let's yeah. just take the one thing that did kind of get exploited on us and make it better. Yeah, like McDuffie here at this pick. Honestly, the two corners from Washington, they can honestly see the first round. Yeah, I keep on going back and forth between him and uh, Kyler Gordon and Kyler Elam, all three of them. Yeah. So now we're back here at the Packers at 28. Hmm. You know, 
lately here, I have had them going with uh, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan here and kind of reach for him at 28. Yep. But you know what? I think I'm going to switch that up a bit. And I think I'm going to have them go. Oh, man, there's some good players here on the board for them. They could go linebacker here. Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean are still on the board. Yeah. It would seem like a Packers pick to go with a linebacker. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go with Boye Mafe, the edge rusher out of Minnesota. And, you know, they they lost to Darius Smith. They need some more help out there at rushing the passer. You can never have too many pass rushers. You pair him with Preston Smith, with Rashawn Gary, and... You got three guys now that can go after and get the quarterback. And so you get yourself two guys at premium positions, get a guy in Traylon uh, Burks who can help Aaron Rodgers out, and you get somebody that can help the defense out. Yeah. I, I like, yeah, they could definitely use a pass rusher. I, I think, you know, yeah, you mentioned the uh, the left tackle. I, I think that's a possibility too because – uh uh, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Bakhtiari. He's another yeah. one that's you know had some injury problems. He's getting up there in age a little bit. Don't feel great about it, but yeah, I think Mafe. That's a great pick. Which brings me over to the Kansas City Chiefs, my backyard over here. <laughs> and it's interesting because I feel like I think the Chiefs need to address three things in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, pass rusher, corn. Like, those are the three spots that I think they can really use a player. Uh, so, I'm going to take the one that I think is best out of that group. I'm going to go Kyler Gordon. Oh, there we Corner go. out of Washington. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the wide receivers at this point, there's been a lot of wide receivers go off the board. Uh, at this point, you know, we are missing out on a lot of the really good ones. So, now we do have back-to-back picks here, Ryan. So, mm-hmm. um, you might do that with your pick here. But I think I will to Kyler Gordon. Get a corner. They lost, uh, oh, they lost one of them in free agency to the 49ers. Jadarius uh, Ford? Yes, that's the one. So, you know, they, they could use a guy to start over at that corner spot. You see the receivers and the quarterbacks in this division. Someone's going to have to cover <laughs> some guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought about if you weren't going to go defensive back here, I, I was going to think about doing it at 30 and maybe take, maybe if, if he went wide receiver, maybe take Kyler Gordon here or maybe take, Daxton Hill from Michigan, a guy that has some versatility in that backfield, can play some safety, can play some corner. But I think I'm going to go the wide receiver route, and I think that's going to make it seven wide receivers. And I think I'm going to go with Christian Watson. That's the one I think they take too. Yeah, it it feels like they aren't going to go with somebody that is Tyreek-like. Got speed. He he does got speed. He's got size. He's another guy that's seen his stock taking a huge boost. 
he's a big guy, 6'4", 208, 210, somewhere around that range. And so now you got him and Hardman, MVS, Juju, and that that's your group of wide receivers for next year. So now we're at the Bengals yeah. at 31. <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> oh, boy. And, you know, if you would have asked me this question back at the old Super Bowl, hey, what do you think the Bengals should do in the first round of the NFL draft? It was, you're taking offensive line. Why are you even bothering with this question? <laughs> but... They have done so much at that pos- at the offensive line. I don't think you have to anymore. And as I'm scrambling to see if they did anything at center specifically, um, that's the question here because with Linderbaum still on the board, kind of unexpectedly, I think that comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Karras is a center. They brought him in, looks like, from New England. Okay. Yeah. So they did bring in a center this year. So, yeah, that kind of kind of rules that out a little bit, too, doesn't it? Well, can Karras play a little bit of guard? I think? think he probably can. And so maybe just throw bodies at the offensive line and just hope it sticks. Yeah. <laughs> I... I've got an inkling to do Nicobe Dean because it just doesn't feel right that he's still on the board. Yeah. But you know what, though? I think we're going to play it safe here. We're going to play a little smart. We're going to go with Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, that's probably what I would have done, too. Yeah. I mean, but if he's off the board, though, I don't think I go offensive line. Like, if if, if somebody else does take him, then I do think I pivot. Which is something I never thought I'd say. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, the Super Bowl, you look back at that, they've addressed the offensive line a whole lot. Why not address it one last time and really solidify it and uh, get the best center in the draft? So now we're at 32, the final pick of the first round. And there's a lot of ways I think the Lions can attack this spot here. Because also, do remember, they have a pick two picks away. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because they can't take Desmond Ritter here at 32. Get that fifth-year option. They can take Daxon Hill, hometown kid from Michigan. Hmm. You know, boy. I I think I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd here. Devin Lloyd. Linebacker out of Utah. A guy that probably a lot of people thought would be taken much higher. And he, he does, again, kind of fit that kind of guy that Campbell would want. As a guy that was really great in the Pac-12 for Utah last year. A guy that was all over the place. So I think you plug in Trayvon Walker. And you plug in... Devin Lloyd, kind of be the leaders of that defense and where it's going to be a hard-nosed type of defense that just goes after you. And so I think Campbell addresses the defense here. and Maybe you do go Ritter at the top of round two. 
And I, I know that means you won't get the fifth-year option, but... Well, you feel pretty confident that he's not going to go with the pick in between your two picks. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Jaguars, you know, you lose Miles Jack. I know they added a linebacker. Maybe they could go Lloyd there at, at the top of the second round. Oh, I'm sorry. But, I was talking about Ritter. Like, you feel pretty good about the quarterback not going right. in between. And that's why right. you go linebacker here with the feeling you can get the QB in two picks. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think that's where the Lions end up going and address defense here in this first round. Uh, I tell you, I think it's pretty no- notable that Nicobe Dean we did not have as a first round pick. Yeah, I do. I've seen some people say that that maybe they aren't as high on him. I could see him maybe falling to the second round. But uh, I mean, if you're getting him, I think you're going to get. Pretty good linebacker there. Yeah, I feel like in our scenario, he's pretty likely to be a thirty, a thirty third pick. Yeah, I, I can definitely like, see. Yeah, I mean, unless Jacksonville feels the need to take an offensive player because they took Hutchinson around one, uh, right? In this scenario, you know, I could, I could definitely see him being a very early second round pick. Then, yeah. Ryan, is there anything that really surprised you about our mock? Was there any pick that you looked at and you just go, oh my god, I can't believe this happened? Uh, taking a look at it, um, not right off the bat, I don't think. I think pretty much the top 10 is kind of how I could see things going. Um, maybe you see Stingley get back in that top 10 range. Yeah, I just saw something um, a few days ago we're talking about Stingley maybe uh, doing so well with his combat, uh, his workouts and maybe him getting back in that top 10 range. So maybe you see both him and Sauce Gardner go in the top 10. But uh, other than that, I, I don't think so. I like the Saints and Chargers pick, the 16 and 17. Um, well, the two Texans pick, um, adding, it does feel like a Lovey Smith type of draft, taking two big guys like that. And I think, I mean, I, I like the Sky Moore pick that you got with the Bills. I think, uh, that I think nothing really too shocking for me. Uh, but for the Bengals, I mean, to close out round one, you get the best center in this draft. You really solidify that offensive line, so you make sure if they if you ever get back to the Super Bowl, that does not happen again. So I think other than that, I, nothing really too big here, nothing too yeah. shocking. I, I was I was a little surprised to see Jermaine Johnson go at eight. Yeah, I thought that was a little earlier than I was expecting. Um, I was just a little surprised to see, probably because I was half the picks. I was surprised to see Drake London go all the way down to sixteen. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else that really surprised me. I think that's probably about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that rounds off the mock draft right there. Um, there's some pretty good players in our scenario that would still be on the board and uh on day two. 
So, so like you mentioned, a Kobe Dean could be a guy that's targeted really high in round two. Ritter's probably going to... Yeah, George Pickens. Jahan Dotson is another guy. Yep. Uh, just uh, There's some pretty good players still on the board uh, that would that would still be there on day two if uh, this is how it unfolded. So that's going to do it for our mock. That's going to do it for uh, this little big NFL draft extravaganza that we have going on here. And, of course, we're only a few days out away from the draft itself. Excited for that. Uh, and hopefully uh, sometime down the road, whether maybe it's uh, Saturday. Of course, I, Matt, I would want to do a post-draft uh, show with you if it fits your schedule. But if it doesn't, hey, that's it'll just have to be uh, me doing it. But uh, if it works out, maybe we'll be yeah. back together doing a post-draft show, talking about everything that went down, talking about what our teams did, talking about how Peter Steelers did the worst out of all three of our teams in the draft, hopefully. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Peter, for the constant what, dunk uh, fest on the Steelers. What, what, what all do you want to see out of the Titans on draft weekend? I was, I don't want to see them go and grab Ritter or somebody at 26. Yeah. Go out and address your needs, the guys that are going to help you this year. Because, I mean, honestly, if you take a look at their past couple of drafts, Isaiah Wilson, how'd that work out? Yeah. Um, Caleb Fairley was a guy that got hurt during the season. Only played a few games. Redunes didn't play a whole lot. So, my thing is, it goes back to why I think Zion Johnson would be a good pick. A guy that's ready to go right now, plug him in there, and get some, get some guys that can contribute on day one. Um, wide receiver, I'm curious how that's going to unfold. Because you're going to have to wait all the way to 90 or 93. I forget which number pick it is in the third round to take a wide receiver. So I think that's where really not having a second round pick hurts. Yep. So... I just hope they get some solid players, some guys that can contribute and can really uh, help them out. And so far, I mean, with the Titans offseason, they've really kind of added stuff around Tannehill, and I think that trend continues. I think you might see one defensive player or two taken, but other than that, I think it's going to be a guy where they go offense. Uh, where do you think your Ravens are going to go? Well, you know, it's interesting. So this this exercise tonight... I think I've kind of realized there's 12 players that I'd be really excited for the Ravens to take. Like, there's Hutchinson, Walker, Neal, Sauce, Thibodeau, Iquanu, Jermaine, Cross, you know, uh, maybe not so much Garrett Wilson, uh, but Derek Stingley, Kyle Hamilton, Jordan Davis. So 11 players. I'd be really excited. If any one of those 11 guys ends up at 14, I'd be really excited. Now, it probably requires three or maybe even, well, I guess the math would be three uh, QB slash wide receivers to go before the Ravens pick. If there's a, if there's a total of three quarterbacks plus wide receivers before the Ravens are up, I think I'll probably be pretty happy. Yeah. With the player that the Ravens take. 
Um, but you know, it's not really their thing to do. But the Ravens do have four fourth round picks. I'm sorry, five fourth round picks oh, man. and two thirds. <laughs> like they've got ammunition if they want to, and also. 14 isn't that far back. Like, it's a lot harder to trade up when you're picking 25 every year than it is when you're picking 14. Right. So, if the Ravens do see one of these guys that they really want to go up there and go get, they've kind of got the ammunition to this year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, not saying you have to go all the way up to six. You know, you don't have to trade with Carolina. But, you know, (laughs) if you want to move up to 11... You can do that. You, you can pitch in a third and a fourth and go up three or four spots. You know, that that is a possibility. I don't expect it because it's the Ravens. I never expect them to trade up. I expect them to trade down. They probably <laughs> will trade down, and I'll have to stay up until like 1130 to watch the Ravens make a pick for a player that no one had projected in the first round, but that player turned out to be Marlon Humphrey, and now I love him. Right, like that—that's the Ravens' experience. <laughs> it all—it all worked out in the end, though. Oh, they know much more than I do. Like I do remember that was my reaction to trade when they uh, drafted Marlon Humphrey. I was like, I didn't have my first round, and I really never even thought about him. <laughs> they know more than I do, and now I love Marlon Humphrey. Oh, so there you go. I'm perfectly ha- like. I've just learned to trust this team and whatever they're going to do is probably better than what I think they should do. So not every fan base can say that, you know, I grew up in St. Louis. We all do better than those guys did, but, uh, you know, that, that's kind of, that's kind of my NFL draft experience. Um, yeah, no, I, I just, honestly, like I kind of just hope to see some exciting landing spots for some, for some of these wide receivers, like that's kind of the thing I'm hoping for the most is see some of these wideouts land in places that I get really excited for. I really, really hope Brees Hall lands in a spot where I get excited because I've got the 101 pick in a rookie draft for Dynasty, and that pick it will be Brees Hall. Like the <laughs> only way it's not is if he's drafted by the Titans. Like literally everywhere else, I'm going to look at it and say, well, he's. Just going to beat out the other guy. He'll be their guy. So, yeah. I'm taking Brees Hall at 101. Like, literally the only scenario where I'm not is if the Titans take Brees Hall. So, yeah. Ryan, don't take Brees Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we will. And, you know, the whole trade down thing, that's another option I, I would like. That is. Um, maybe try to recoup a second-round pick out of this, maybe. Well, there's a couple of scenes we saw have multiple seconds. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe Seattle doesn't take a quarterback at nine, and maybe right. they want somebody like Corral or Ritter and scared somebody's going to take them. Maybe like and, Detroit at 32. And that kind of stuff is why the NFL draft is the best reality show on TV. Yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> draft night is just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for it. Thursday can't get here fast enough. Yeah, I've got a very busy day on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> I will be landing on a plane at about 5.30, so I'm going to be a little bit worn out, but I will power through the draft. There we go. So uh, that'll do it for us here, everybody. Hopefully you guys enjoyed our 
final mock draft on the views from the five seven three podcast. And Matt, you said you're going to be doing your own yep. final mock draft before the draft gets here on yep. Twitter. Where can people more. find you at? Uh, that is at real Matt Mormon on the old Twitter machine. Uh, sign note, Matt, please don't let my Titans pick a punter or a long snapper. Hey, please. you know what? The, uh, the Bengals took a punter in round five, like 10 years ago. They just made the Super Bowl. So, you know, maybe well, you should, or maybe you should try to kick her in round five. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so. But, Don't uh, do it in round two, though. Uh, Roberto you know, Aguayo, is that you? When did the... Uh, did the Raiders take Shane Leckler? In, like, the second round? Yeah, and remember, they took Janikowski in the first. Okay, that's what I... Yeah, okay, Leckler was in the fifth. Uh, yeah, Janikowski was a first-round pick. Can you imagine the uproar? Like, I wish Twitter was a... And Janikowski, by the way, went on to have one heck of a career. Yeah, he like, did. Seabass was awesome. <laughs> but, like, imagine in this age of advanced stats and going forward on fourth downs as much as you do. And, you know, imagine the uproar if a team in 2022 drafted a kicker. In the first round. I imagine there was uproar in 2000. I would think. Well, Matt, if it happened, I'd be here for the uproar on Twitter. Oh, it would be incredible. (laughs) It would be, like, top five day of Twitter. If a team (laughs) took a kicker in round one. Oh, boy. I don't know if we'll ever see that day again, but if we do, uh, I hope we're still here, and I hope Twitter lives to see it. So, uh, that'll do it for us here, everybody. Hopefully you guys are ready for the draft to get here as much as we are and uh, are geared up for Thursday night. So, thank you guys for listening, and until next time, we will talk to you all then.